Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hello, Northridge family. Welcome back to A Little Better. Thank you for listening in each week or watching on social media. I got to say, if you watch on Facebook, that's impressive because that probably means that you are not going on double speed. And I personally don't listen to a single podcast or video or anything not on double speed. It doesn't even matter. YouTube on my phone automatically defaults to 2x speed. So I'm just always impressed that anybody can watch something on 1x. It's just, it's a skill that I need to work on. But anyway, we are glad that you're here. Drew, thanks for jumping back on, have another conversation um, as we kicked off a new series called Be Rich. But before we talk about that, we have, of course, have to have our final conversation about football for the next couple of months because the, the World Series has completed and the Stanley Cup has been awarded. So we got we to gotta have our conversation about it. What did you think of the uh, greatest pitcher of all time today? Was that... Is that wrong? I don't even know what to say to you right now. <laughs> no, you're joking. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. Um, if I wasn't joking, that is an impressive amount of mix-ups for someone to have. <laughs> I wasn't even sure where you're going. I was like, what, what is he doing? Is he is he the trying Super Bowl. to talk about Tom Brady? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Tom Brady just basically said to everybody in the world, I'm the best. And you, most of you knew it already, but now all of you do. I mean, like... The, the new exactly. protege, Patrick Mahomes, did not look great. And if you go back to his first Super Bowl, he didn't look great. So now he's got two Super Bowls, two Super Bowls under his belt. And really, he could have lost both of them. He mm. really could have. So, Tom Brady, my I tip my hat to you. You're awesome, dude. And he's I, been waiting for that. He's been like, when, when is Drew going to tip his cap to me? And so now it's done. It's, a, yes, it's I mean, he, he might retire now. Just, just <laughs> keep just, And uh, to Tyron Matthew, the safety of the uh, Kansas city chiefs, dude, you lost the game when you taunted and you talk trash to Tom Brady, you don't wake up the goat because when you wake up the goat, guess what happens? He shows you his super bowl. And then all six or seven of his rings, like he's running out of hands. Oh my goodness. That did not, that is not a good look at all. That was like, oh, and obviously the Buccaneers defense had a lot to do with, I mean, Patrick Mahomes never looked comfortable. They covered, you know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey really well, but still Tom Brady is unbelievable. And the moment he was mad, it was just like every throw went to whoever Matthew was covering. (laughs) And I, I wondered, I asked somebody during the game this, what's Bill Belichick doing right now? Like, mm. what's he thinking? What's he, what's he feeling? Is he happy for Tom? Is he like, oh man, now I'm not any good anymore. I don't, I don't know. What is he thinking? So. Yeah, I will, we'll find out if he gets a, if he gets a couple of players, we'll see if he, they can rebuild. Although, although uh, most Bills fans are hoping that the Patriots spend a couple of decades in you know, no man's land of nonsense. That's for sure. <laughs> they they definitely deserve to be bad for a little bit. Oh, we will see. But anyway, yep. Overall, I anytime we have a potential greatest of all time playing while I'm following sports, like I would love for LeBron to be successful. I'd love for Tom Brady to be successful. I know that's not a popular take. I basically will follow those guys to see who whatever. I want to see them be successful because I basically want to be able to have people who think that 
like Michael Jordan is better. I want to, I just want to see LeBron be better than him. So just because I'm alive. <laughs> I, I was fixing to correct you with the LeBron and all time. Great. Nope. It's not going to happen. It isn't happening. He's had his shot. He lost to Michael. Okay. Okay. We'll see. I don't think he's done playing. So let's, well, let's just know, but I'm just telling you he's done. Yeah. All of those first round playoff eliminations are really, uh, really a bad mark on his record. Oh, I'm sorry. That was Michael Jordan. My bad. Uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, money and <laughs> being rich. And I don't know anything about basketball, so I should not. I should not prevent this <laughs> conversation. Um, but yeah, speaking of you know Michael Jordan and Tom Brady making a lot of money, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk are people with a lot of money. That is for sure. And uh, in fact, I think it was this week where officially Elon Musk like grew. I don't even remember how many, it was like some ridiculous amount of billions of dollars, just like very recently he's even added to his net worth. So he has skyrocketed up there. No pun intended with his space exploration, I guess. But um, dude, so these photos, you've got like a, a beach, you showed some photos of things that people would want. You got like, a, I don't know, somewhere in Indonesia vacation uh, with a crystal blue water is that like an ideal vacation for you what's what's ideal is it a beach or is it a mountain or is it just anywhere that's not home <laughs> uh i mean yeah on a hut over water with a beach sounds fantastic hey i'll go an hour from here to Cuca lake get me mm. on a boat and let me just feel the the breeze in my hair not have to worry about anything Give me a cold drink and a sandwich and that's all I need, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. I feel like I'm changing in like what I would want trips to accomplish for me. Like that the Indonesia trip sounds cool, but basically only if we don't have kids with us, if we have kids with us, I am all about it being like as functional as possible because, um, they have changed the way I view what time off means. Cause it turns out they like still need to be parented when you aren't working, which is like a whole thing that I just found out about four years into grace and being alive. <laughs> yeah. You just give it time. You might change your mind. Like, honestly, my kids, maybe in a couple years, I'll be fully there, but like, my kids are fun now on vacation. Like they, they give me some entertainment and fun. Sure. Obviously they're still annoying and they cry at times, like being <laughs> real, you know, like, and I want to like, just be like, okay, where's the babysitter? Oh wait, yeah. I have a babysitter, but sure. It's not, bad. I think it's for, for us when we're getting together with family, you always experience the like everyone's families, the kids doing different nap times and different meal things and la da da. That's where it gets a little crazy, but it's all, it's all good. That's what family's about. So anyway, family isn't about who's there, but what you do with the people that are there. I'm trying to bridge it to your bottom line. It didn't work. It did not work at all, but your bottom line was being rich isn't about what you have, but what you do with what you have. So before we talk about that statement, I want to ask you, this is a series about money. So like, where are we going with this? Are you going to be asking for something from us as a church? You know, I know people can get a little bit weird about money in church. So talk to me about that a little bit. Is there, what's, what's the catch here? <laughs> Is there one? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say there's a catch. We're just talking about generosity and, you know, getting a perspective of who God is and out of who God is, you know, again, proper theology should change the way we live. And so when yeah. we see God is generous, it changes our heart to be generous as he is. 
And yeah, we're, we're going to talk about ways that we can be generous and we give. And what I love about this series is we're not just talking about generosity. We're displaying it for our church. I mean, we saw it this weekend when we, you know, we, our outreach team did a really incredible job saying thank you to all the frontline workers and, and people in the medical field of saying, man, you guys did awesome. And we just want to do something small, honestly, to say thank you to you. And so we're not only uh, displaying it, but we're going to give people a chance to experience too. So this weekend we have a surprise at the end of my message. I'm not going to give you too many details, but we're going to give you a chance where you can experience generosity at zero cost to you. Oh, let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> I don't You said that. And then I was thinking, I'm like, trying to act like I'm in the know and then realizing like, I actually don't know that I know all the details of that. So <laughs> I probably did. I probably got an email at some point and I should unarchive it, but no, that sounds great. And yeah, I think you're right. The it, money and you and I even talked about this a little bit. I remembered even maybe just this morning talking about like, what's weird about talking about money in church is not that you're talking about money. It's that one of the things that God wants us to do with money is to, support the local church and to give to God's mission on earth. And so when you are the representatives of God's mission on earth, asking for people to give money to God's mission on earth, it feels that obviously there's the tension of it feeling self-serving. Now, of course, we want people to be obedient and doing the right thing. We're also participating in this. It's not like we're asking people to give to church and like, oh, I don't want to do that myself, right? Like, um, even though we're paid by the church, we still give to the church, which is a whole thing. But um so it's only weird because we're talking about it in regards to church, but much of what we'll be discussing in this series um, is not centric on generosity to church in and of itself. Like nothing you said in yesterday's message had anything to do really with um, investing in the local church and everything to do about just having a proper worldview on money. Right. Yeah. And, and generosity is more than money too. It's Gener- generosity with your time and your talents and your and then your treasures ultimately and so we need to be generous with all those things and so it it we are going to make a push uh to invest what really we care about most which is if we're honest money like that <laughs> it it makes the world go round isn't that the, the expression right <laughs> so um yeah it, it's it's some, one of those soft spots in our hearts um, that is awkward. Like, I'll be honest, it's not the most exciting topic to talk about because it does feel self-serving, but I'm, Mm -hmm. I told somebody this the other day, I'm not going to apologize for calling people to obedience to God, even if it's weird or awkward, like I'm just going to do it. And if people get mad or feel weird, that's okay. It really is. Um, so yeah. And approach is a big part of it as well, right? Like if it's just, you know, you have to do this because you have to do this. And this is what God tells you to do. So just, you know, yeah. shut up and do it. Like yeah. That's not, that's not the approach. Dang, um, there's, that was the title of my third message. Should I, should I delete that? Yeah, I think you should, we should work on that one. Maybe, maybe okay. polish it a little. I thought it was your title that you put there, but okay. Dude, come on, bro. Don't just, just we're awesome. recording. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. So obviously approach is a big part of it and trying to be sensitive around all those issues, but uh, and, and really, in many ways, our church, while we want to keep this on the forefront of people's minds, it's one of many things, whether it's learning how to study your Bible or managing your money well through FBU or having a strong marriage or, you know, parenting. There's so many things that all of us in the Christian life feel like, man, I could use more help or resource on this. We want to keep bringing it up. But in many ways, our church demonstrates that we are living this principle pretty well as an organ, as a church, as a body, as a family in that 
you know, we continue to be able to do ministry, you know, week to week and year to year. There's a building that's proof of a lot of generosity. There are, there's, you know, our investment in Maramara, which is a big indicator. There's all that we've done with local nonprofits. There's, I, I am proud of the fact that should Northridge Church decide tomorrow that we wouldn't be giving any money away to anything that's not literally Northridge Church, there are a lot of organizations, even just in our town, that would immediately be saying, yo, what's up, Northridge? <laughs> like, we yeah. depend on you and your generosity. So um, I'm proud of that. Again, not in a self-serving way, like, let's get on this podcast and talk about how great we are. I, what that is indicative of is that while our church always needs a more of a reminder of it, we are not, we are refining what's already true of these people. Not, it's not like a total mindset shift when it comes to money. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the church is unique that way. And really, generosity breeds generosity. And so when the church, the people are generous, it allows us, it gives us the ability to be generous with our community in ways collectively that we couldn't do individually. I think that's the cool part is like our collective, you know, bringing back to God what is God's it enables us to corporately invest in greater ways than just random people going to, you know, like we couldn't have pulled off 500 gift cards at strong Memorial individually, but corporately the generosity of the church can invest back in the community in ways that we can as individuals. Yeah. That's the, that's the power of streamlining in that sense. Yep. Um, pooling collective resources and acting as one, which you, you hope and like to believe that that actually increases the fame of, you know, Christ and Christianity in our city more than 500 Christians donating $5 gift cards or however much yeah. is on the gift card, like one church deciding to donate 500. Not that you're doing it for like the press, but like that catches press or attention in a way that, a lot of individuals wouldn't. So right. it's nothing, nothing against individual generosity. It's just, it has a different kind of impact when you're able to unite forces. Both are needed. They just look different and have different impacts. Yeah. So um, yeah, as we think about this, you talked about the question that you wanted to leave us with being, are you rich? Um, and I just wanted to hear, you, you know, you told that story about Mara Mara and how that impacts your view of what generosity looks like, even from folks who have, like less than nothing, nothing, nothing at a level that we've never, they have nothing at a level we've never seen before. <laughs> right. So um, yeah. Talk to me. How is that question impacting you this week? What are you thinking through? Um, yeah. Yeah. I think where this question hit me is like, I think if someone were to examine my life to see a spreadsheet of my generosity, I think nat like just, looking at the piece of paper, people would say, yeah, Drew's rich. He's, he's generous. But I think one area that that question hit me is, you know, as I process my life, I'm, I'm generous in seasons, right? So like I'm generous in seasons or I see something and I want to create more of a richness in my life that is consistent. That is not based off of like something being in front of me, but just me looking for ways to be rich. Like for me, I think that's the the next step. My dad was really generous. And so I have a little bit of that in my DNA, um, which I'm, I'm, I kind of get a head start because of who my dad was. Generosity is, I think is harder for people who haven't seen it ex like an example of it. It's just different. And so I had that grown up. And I think for me, to become rich, like to grow in my richness of being rich and, and what I do with what I have is instead of just responding 
being proactive and saying, you know, I'm going to look for ways that I can be rich. I want to give more away. I want to invest more time. And so, um, yeah, I'm still processing that. Like I told people, I want that question to kind of like, you know, beat you up all week long and like kind of wrestle and like, you know, almost like, I don't have a better example, but like a bad fart, right? It won't go away. It just lingers around. Like, sorry, I don't that know. That is one description. That's I'm, for sure. I'm flushing. Did our pastor just say bad fart? Yeah, he did. Sorry. Uh, uh, anyway, but like we all know what that's like, right? It just hangs around. Like, that's what I want that question to do so we can sure. examine our lives. And we're going to dig even deeper into that and we'll look at our hearts this weekend. Um, but for me, that's kind of what that question has been revealing to me is like, man, I do feel like I am, I am rich in seasons and I'm rich. Like I consistently give back to God what he's given to me, but I, I don't want to be satisfied in my richness because I want to mm-hmm. taste and see more of God's goodness. And I think one way to do that is through, you know, ex- following his example of generosity. Yeah, that's good. And a good, good processing. I think the my it's, you know, it's tax time. So I'm thinking through charitable contributions and la da da da. And sometimes I'm sure this happens with a lot of people. You'll get a year end giving statement and I'm like, Oh, I, I forgot we had sent a check there, <laughs> whatever, you know? Um, and those are, those are good feelings. I'm like, yeah, I, I guess we are, you know, seeing opportunities and, and acting on them above and beyond just like our, you know, giving with church. But I do think it's easy for me to philosophically check the box that like I have done, this is all God's and I demonstrate it by selecting a percentage of my gross income and giving it away, giving it right back to the church box checked. And now like, this is my sandbox. I get to play with the rest of it. However I want, you know what I mean? And that's easy to do and not, not necessarily wrong or not inherently wrong, but what it does communicate is that like God's got his section and then I got my section and that dichotomy, it definitely indicates that I've got a, a willingness to, to do what is culturally correct or what I grew up with, you know, about generosity, but it doesn't necessarily reflect that at the end of the day, I am 100% of what I have is actually God's. And so should he call me to part with any percentage of it at any given moment, my answer ought to be yes. You know what I mean? That Because it was never mine in the first place. So I think that's where the question was impacting me. And and that tells me that I'm, I don't really believe the definition that richness is defined as what I do with what I have, not with what I have. I I clearly have a lingering belief that it is about how much I have, you know, even though whatever I helped write the statement and I agree with it on paper, it's clearly not a a lived value all the time in my life. You know? Yeah. When you wrestle through your honest emotions in your head and, and you are completely honest with yourself, it does reveal how much we do value things, materials, Mm. right? numbers, right? Like I'm that way. Like I, I'm the type of guy that likes to keep my checking account at a certain number. Right. Mm -hmm. And when it drops below that number, my security drops, right? Like, you know, that's, that's who I am naturally. And like, no, that's a flawed, the, like that, that reveals a, a lack of theology really in my belief of God, like he is my security. So I could have 
negative. I don't even think you can have negative in your bank account, but maybe you can. But like they're, they're, they're going to charge. Uh, maybe that's going to charge that's a mortgage. Something. Maybe so, that's a mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, you know, when I I don't want to check my my bank account or whatever it is and be like, oh, I'm good. You know, like, no, I'm already in good standing because my security lies in Christ. Mm. And I always think about that, the rich young ruler, right? Where God's like, give it up. Right. Mm. And like, you know, the preacher in me is like, I'd give it all up. But, yeah. but would I, you know, like, yeah. would I really? You're right. And, and the answer is at the moment for you and I, no, because we could have at any given, at any given moment of our life, we could have, and we've chosen not to, you know what I mean? Like it, but not that God has called us to, I just mean like, we are, we are clearly in a theoretical at that point, one that we don't have a good answer for because it's possibly it's never been required of us and maybe never will, but right. it's, it's much easier to say that I will. It would be to even just increase my percentage of giving every year. You know what I mean? Like that's a good example of like, yeah, you don't have to give a hundred percent. Why don't you just go to 12 this year? It's yeah. like, Oh, well, let's talk about, you know, how we need to, you know, wisdom principles, you know, like we're going to start saying other stuff. So anyway, I, and I think all of that obviously does reveal even just like bad theology is an indicator of all kinds of things, whether it's fear or in this case, greed. Mm -hmm. If we do believe that we, like we read Matthew six and seven, look, why do you worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to drink or what you're going to wear? Everybody chases after these things. God knows you need those. You know, he's got this, he's fine. You're fine. And the fact that he already owns everything, literally everything, possessor of all of heaven and earth. (laughs) That's, that's pretty all encompassing. So to trust him is a, is a good bet. Just like you don't want to, you, you don't want to bet against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. You, you don't want to, you have good reason to bank on God's ability to provide for you. In fact, slightly better than Tom Brady's win percentage in the Super Bowl is God's possession of everything. <laughs> and that's why I think it's so important to just constantly check your heart. And we're going to talk about it this weekend as we kind of dig a little bit deeper, but like, I don't want it to make it seem like, yo, you got to give up everything. Like you, you, you don't like if God asks you to, you should, but like, if he doesn't, that doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. And like, Ashley and I, over the course of our life have upgraded homes and sold them for more. And like, you know, we always, we always like fight this balance of like, are we greedy? Are we just doing this for the money? Are we doing this because like, you know, the talents God gives you some and you're supposed to use them. And like, you know, the guy who didn't do anything with his talents, he yells at it. These are nuanced things, right? Mm -hmm. They're very nuanced. And we just have to constantly check our heart and make sure it's in in line with what God wants from us, not deceive ourselves of what God wants us from and be generous you know, you can never go wrong with being generous. You can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's where certain guideposts have been helpful to Christians yeah. throughout time, whether it's, you know, the tithe, the 10%, or whether, you know, like, there's a number of different things, even just like the 10, 10, 80 plan, which, you know, we'll get more into some of the nitty gritty of like saving 10, giving 10 and living on 80. Yeah. Like, man, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> you know, it, that's, that's a really helpful thing. But once you're in that realm, or, you know, once you're kind of in like, yes, that's a that's a, a, a minimum reality I want to live in. From there, it becomes a matter of conscience and wisdom and what does God bless you with and what special needs or specific situations does your family have that my family doesn't have? Like, 
what does adopting a child from China with cleft palate mean for your finances that it doesn't mean for mine. And it means a lot, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that has implications. And so anyway, it's just, there's a lot to think through and everyone's situation is different. And that's why our hearts are, our hearts are the key, as you said. All right, brother. Um, anything else you want to throw at us? What are we looking at this weekend? Um, other than Valentine's day, which I was going to ask you, what are you doing for Valentine's day? But I don't want you to put, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, it's, <laughs> I, no I'm totally fine. I, I already did it now. So. <laughs> it is done. I'll just say that. I don't want to say anything in case my wife listens to this and I'm like, Oh, there it is. So I have my wife and my two girls taken care of. Okay. Mm. So I did something, nothing crazy, but something small for all three of them. So, Hey, to all you gentlemen listening, Sunday is Valentine's day. So go get your wife a card, your girls, a card, tell them you love them. Doesn't have to be big, buy them a, a flower, a little small box of chocolates, or just tell them how much you love them. If, if money's an issue, like, Hey, you can find other ways to invest in them. And I think it's important. I know it's a, mm. to most men, a stupid holiday, but in my opinion, it's never a stupid idea to tell your wife for your kids how much you love them. Love that. That's a really good piece of advice. Pen and paper is mostly free and words might cost you some time, but they won't cost you any money. So, right. and as grab a stereotype, a what would you say? <laughs> I said, grab a crayon or two, too. Yeah. <laughs> that, might, that might be better at the, uh, at the uh, capability level of some of us out here. <laughs> All righty. Good advice. Let's let's uh, try to love people that we uh, that are in our lives, and uh, in particular, at this made up good reminder for why we should be. Why we should be telling people we love them. Thanks for the conversation, Drew, and I'm looking forward to next weekend. Um, and you know what? Actually, I'm going to say this. Yeah, I'm going to say it. This this week uh, marks a year since your dad's death. And so for our church, um, I know that that's not a surprise to you. Um, but for our church, I just wanted to go ahead and remind them. Think about the Karshners, be praying for them. This is certainly a, a tough time of year and will uh, be an unexpectedly tough time of year, I'm sure, for a few years to come as you guys continue to work through the shock of, of Dennis's death. So we're praying for you, man. We love you. Thanks for, thanks for modeling all this for us. 